pandemonium reigns. CBS 3.30 kickoff. Tennessee travels up to Columbia, Missouri to take on the 14th ranked Eli Drinkwitz led Missouri Tigers. Lightsabers and all. Man. So, wait, words. Mizzou is the difference, I'm going to say it again, between 8 and 4 and 9 and 3, and it ticks me off because going into the season, everybody dismissed Mizzou. We chalked it up as a win, and now we're looking at it going, well, dang it, cotton picket. Can we go up there and get the job done? Uh, as you and I just talked before, the line has moved from their favor now to ours. It sits at minus one in favor of the Vols. But man, man, I'm just I'm just waiting for the the moment in you know um, in this in this Tennessee season outside of Florida because Florida happens so often where I just go yep there it is that's the Tennessee that I've come to know and love. Uh, what can you do about it? You know what can you do about it? Uh, yeah, I think you tr- what you do is you and you of course have to work in in retrospect here. You can't. Uh, we, we never know these things coming in, but you, what you do is you look at the preseason expectations, the records that we all developed, and you say, well, South Carolina is what we kind of – maybe they're worse than, but they're probably what we expected Missouri to be. Uh, Kentucky, they're not great. You know, you could probably slide them a little bit more. Missouri is the – and you lost to Florida, so this is really saying something. They're the – what second or third toughest team that you're going to play? I mean, you'd have to yeah. say, right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and and we expected it to be something like you know in conference Vanderbilt, Missouri, maybe South, nobody saw this come from South Carolina. I really can't, I can't, I can't put them there because we nobody saw this South Carolina when we looked at what they did to close out last season. Yeah, I mean, you know, Missouri was down near the bottom because. It was a lot of the same pieces. Yeah, they they live in the portal a little bit. They do their thing there. Uh, but it was Brady Cook who we thought was, you know, probably an athlete playing quarterback, a a white athlete playing quarterback at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Luther Burden has always had all the potential in the world, but this is the same guy that was removing Missouri-related things from his social media last year around this time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Theo Weiss, he wasn't, he wasn't a world beater at Oklahoma. And – Lord knows he had every, you have every opportunity to be a world beater when you're at Oklahoma and you're a four- or five-star recruit like he was. Uh, so, yeah, massive, massive uh, props to those guys for, for putting out the season that they have, and we're about to, you know, give our thoughts on it. Yeah, and all those names that you throw there throw out there is you failed to mention the leading rusher in the conference and Cody Schrader. Yeah, um, the, how odd is that, huh? I mean, how, yes. how, Especially how since he's white. is that? I'm just well, there's say that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. There is Alabama getting back to murder death ball that everybody yeah. told us about, and that I bought into to a pretty great degree. Uh, you know, Georgia. You expect Georgia to put out the leading rusher right now because they're so committee driven. They're going to have four dudes have a hundred. Uh, you know, seven hundred and fifty yards is what yeah. they're going to do. Um, it, it's really weird. It is really weird. You might have thought maybe. Maybe Florida because they they're more of a two back system, you know. Maybe it could be Johnson. Maybe it could be at the end the younger. Yeah. Um, nobody, if if anybody called Cody Schrader to lead the SEC in rushing and yards in week ten, 
Uh, please show me the receipts. Wasn't me. That please wasn't, show I mean, me the receipts. I mean, I, I drafted Jalen right in our fantasy league for a reason. Yes, you did. Yeah, and, and it's paying off. I mean, he's he's right up there near the top, uh, if not in second, uh, with with honestly, you know, a chance to to really use that as some motivation this week. Yeah, uh, kind of prove the guy that he is and that he's been. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, if you had Cody Schrader, the the white senior, five nine, two hundred fourteen pounds, leading this conference through yeah. the majority of this season, you're crazy, and I need to see the receipts. Yeah, for sure. Faux show. Listen, if Mizzou can pull this out, which I think they can, I think they have the recipe to do it. They think they have the pieces. If they pull this out, you you gotta like Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri for the long haul now, right? I mean, he's what a heck of a turnaround in year three for him. Um, does that is that a credit you think to giving a coach enough time? I mean. I mean, we've referenced Brian Harson what a, a thousand, a hundred times. Like, man, if it's not working, just cut him. Look what look at worked out for Auburn in year two. Uh, but think about what this could do for the trajectory of Mizzou going forward. Think about the narrative of you know we won't Tennessee and Mizzou won't continue to play annually, so they'll they'll put an L on our forehead before before that changes. Before uh, Texas and Oklahoma join the conference, there's a lot to that will play into their favor if they can pull out a win. Yeah, you're you're 100% correct. This is one of the games that we'll lose. You know, w- w- this series has been oddly back and forth. It's been Darn, streaky. by the way. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Darn. No. I sure do love playing these guys. You're 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 exact you're stepping on exactly what I'm throwing out. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Who cares? It's been a streaky series. It's by it's w- probably the least significant game on the schedule because at least in the west you know, you've played those teams historically, except for Texas A&M. Uh, you know, Tennessee is the reason that Texas is a state, that it's not North Mexico. You can at least use that in that, in that rivalry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what's it matter? Like, honestly, they, you know, we're losing little to nothing here. The games have been entertaining for the most part. Uh, the, last, the last two Missouri wins, 2017-2018, were as lopsided as they've, they've been for them. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, at the same time, Tennessee has beat them the last two years by 80 points combined. Uh, and, you know, go back to the Tennessee win before that at Missouri in 2019. You had three receivers go for 100 yards. I mean, it's just been the wildest kind of series in the time that they've been in the the SEC. We're losing little to nothing in this. I think it is absolutely a testament because, what, this is his fourth year. He was there in 2020, right? Uh, Man, if he was, I don't know. And I feel like he was. I feel like Pruitt got him there in 2020. Um you know, I think it was. I think it was. That was the time frame that he replaced Barry Odom there. Uh, I think it is absolutely a testament to keeping the guy. If there are signs of of reasons to do that, Harson obviously, like we talk about all the time, never gave Auburn that. I don't know what it would have been for Drinkwitz last year. You know, <laughs> because if if that was year three for him last year. I don't know why you'd say other than your Missouri. Yeah, let's keep this guy. I think yeah, I think there's you know he's showing growth. I think it's coming together for him. Uh-huh. We're going to push ten wins next year. I don't I don't see it. So maybe they lucked into it. And you know who knows that you'll never hear an honest answer on that. But I think it's a testament to when the the situation is right and he's not losing the team, not losing games to you know FCS opponents and, and lower level 
uh, group of five opponents that you give the guy a chance. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, 2020 confirmed. That's that was his first year in Mizzou. Yeah, uh, for you know, I think it's I think it's the Jabari small run. Uh, one of his first carries as a ball that that for some reason reminds me that he was there in 2020. I don't uh, know why. Okay. Okay. Well, but yeah, probably had a lightsaber on the sideline. Probably he probably did. Anyway, um, so yeah, a lot a lot to like for Mizzou going forward if they can they can pull this out and be a be a big win for them. I mean that would put them at eight and two on the year with Florida and Arkansas remaining, which I imagine they're going to be favored in both of those. But then you look to the other side, those that are clad in orange and. What a loss here does and what a win does here. Obviously, a loss completely knocks you out of the East race. A loss, again, um, year three for Hypel. I think that's going to be disappointing, just regardless of how good Mizzou is, right? Or or is not. Um, probably disappointing going forward, just just simply due to the comparison and brand and logo, um, especially coming off the year that we've had, we've gone seven and five, ten and two, and now seven and two going into this game on Saturday. So probably disappointing. But if you if you win it, which hopefully Vegas is telling us something, uh, with the spread now being in our favor, you win this. East is still on the table, and what I I'm not saying that we're I mean, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you've heard me say we're not beating Georgia. We're not beating Georgia. But what it does is it sends this um, unwarranted pressure down in Athens, Georgia, right? Yeah. Uh, Because if we win this game, they're, they're still competing for the East. I believe if we lose this game, it's all but locked up for them. Um, Again, not saying that we're going to beat them, but you can imagine – the difference in Neyland Stadium going into this game, game seven and three, as opposed to eight and two, um, Neyland's going to be ready to compete for the East against Georgia. I don't know if we that'll be enough to actually do it, but I think it sends a weird pressure down to Athens. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, you know, it's it's so it would be so nice to have. It, it is already nice if you win this game. Yeah, you need help from Ole Miss, but to be in a game that decides the division with the powerhouse that Georgia currently is in November, where we've not, you know, positions we've not been in, just hoping to get into bowl eligibility. Uh, it's such a nice difference and, and a positive step for the program. I'm still with you. I just, I think eight and four, nine and three, it's, it's one game in the columns, yeah. but it, I think it is a disappointment. And, and like I just said, I think Missouri is proving to be at worst, the third or fourth toughest team on your schedule, yeah. especially in the conference. Uh, and it's on the road. Now, you know, their road environment, I'm not even going to go into that. I, I don't think that much of it, just to be honest. I don't, I don't okay. think they have the greatest home field uh, environment at all in the world. You're talking but, roughly um, 60,000. Yeah, there's that. Um, you know, there's there's the size of it. There's some of the habits that you see on social media. They, they you know, they're just different. They are different. Yeah. They are a they're coming out of the Big 12 still, to be honest. I mean, mm. it's even though it's been 10 years, it's it's it takes time to get out of that mindset and to to get into the life, you know, the blood of football that is the Southeastern Conference. Mm. But I think that's that's just that's your line of demarcation. Is it a success or is it what you expected or is it a failure? Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm still with you on that. I think eight and four is that kind of, ugh. yeah, yeah. And and then then you're looking at potentially saying that about the Florida and the Missouri games, not to mention the the meltdown in Brian Denny in the second half. Yeah, that's another whole another frustrating argument that we could be eight and one going into this game, but but here we are. And I need to correct myself. Ole Miss has to beat Georgia and Athens on Saturday for us to uh, have a shot at the East when Georgia comes to town. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, right there with you for the most part. I do feel like Mizzou is a little more SEC than a lot of Big Twelve schools at this point. Uh, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right, so we've talked about what the win or losses would do for the trajectory. All right, so ESPN has got this at uh, in our favor, the FPI, 60.6%. I want to talk about the over-under, though, for a minute. 58 and a half. So let me, let me tell you why I want to talk about this. Um, I like to listen to J.D. Bikel. I turned him on for a minute, and he is going to tell you that Tennessee wants to keep this game low, He want, that we want to keep this in the 20s. Uh, basically saying that you don't want to get into the shootout if Mizzou can catch fire offensively. You don't want to. You don't want to do that with them. Um, basically, questioning: Do we have the horses that can that can race with them? Do we have the horses? Yes. Are they capable of running? It depends on the day. Um, yeah. No, that would be my thing. Uh, I want to know your thoughts about that. He he thinks that if you get this game up into the 30s a piece, that it, it starts to play into Mizzou's favor. But if it stays in the 20s or lower, that it's in Tennessee's favor. And what Tennessee wants to do is to, you know, kind of wear you out. You know, not necessarily like three yards in a cloud of dust because we're going to get our yards. And I imagine we'll have you know a run of 15, run of 25, maybe in a run, you know, somewhere in the 30, 40, 50 yard run, but. Nonetheless, I wanted to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and that is still so opposite of what has been the norm in in wins for Hypel at Tennessee, especially so far, or for Hypel in general, actually. You know, so far as as terms of him being a head coach. Yeah, um, it's it's all been over thirty until Texas A and M this year. And look, I think it's an absolute great thing. I don't I don't know that this. Here's the issues. I don't think this is what JD's getting at. I think it is an absolute great thing if you can keep Mizzou under 21, under 28. I think that's a huge testament to the defense, especially now that they're doing these things without uh, without Kamal Haddon at corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to test, uh, you know, not only, like I've been saying, uh, the third, fourth best team that you're going to play all year, if not better than that, the receivers, man. I mean, there's this talk about Burden. Is he healthy? You know, he's listed as questionable, which I think is the biggest gamesmanship move that I've seen in some time, maybe since Butch Jones or, or Jeremy Pruitt uh, were, t- were making quotes and, and stupid remarks as, you know, coach speak things. Yeah. Uh, I think he'll play. What he'll do, though, what, whether he's full strength or not, is he's going to take attention. He's going to take two and three guys sometimes with eyes on him, creating opportunities for the other guys. And that's just not great when you're talking about those guys matching up with maybe Danico Slaughter, the way he's played this year, Warren Burrell. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be a freshman? Is it going to be Ricky Gibson on the road uh, in the SEC? I don't know, and I don't like those things. I, like, I, like I'm saying, I think it's an absolute great thing if you can limit Missouri. But I just I don't know that that's the formula for Tennessee these days. I, I still think that you're, you should find success moving the ball because of the tempo, because of what you have done the last two years. They've had a lot of the, the personnel is the same in this game, or it's very similar as it has been these last two blowouts. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, minor differences on either side. I don't know, man. I still think the best formula is for Tennessee to find 35, 38, low 40s if possible. Mm-hmm. I just – then again, will Tennessee be able to do that with the clock running? The, you know, all, all of the things that are college football in 2023. Uh, what's it, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I still think the best formula is – I think I don't, I don't think it's that lower scoring game necessarily um, unless Tennessee's defense just pitches a masterpiece. Yeah, I think for the most part, I'm going to agree with you. His, his argument is mainly going to be that we're just not the we're not the identity of the identity of old, where we're just going to take the top off of you. Where Hyatt's going to be, you know, down the seam or down the sideline, or or in this case, you know, Dante or Squirrel, whoever it might be. But it's going to be more of a <clears throat> we're going to live more in the mid range uh, on the digs and you know, the comebacks and stuff like that. I would say I think it's going to come down more to can Tennessee just sustain drives? Can we just and can we uh, and and drives that begin to stall or not go away? Can we find a way to get three out of it? You know, uh, basically what we've done, right? Where we these that that game with Kentucky, where we just we we kept putting up points on the board. And I think if we can do that, uh, I, I like our chances. I will say this though, offensively, if if they decide that. Our backfield is not going to win this game for us, and they they load the box. I'm going to get a little bit nervous because it's going to it's going to start to steer to the shootout, and we're going to have to put the ball in the air more than we want to. And I will say that Joe Milton has improved on the year. I don't think he's anybody's expectation coming out of the preseason, <clears throat> but um, I think so. The opposite side of that same coin is if we can find our chunks of yards on the ground. If we can hit that 220, 30, 40, even 50 range, which is what we've been doing on the ground with, with Jay Wright and Sampson and, and now a healthy Jabari Small, I I like the odds, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. You know, I don't see any reason. I, I can't find the reasons when I think about this game that Tennessee's offense should look like Texas A&M at home or Alabama in the second half on the road. I know that Missouri's improved, but there's just no reason that they should cause that many issues for the pass game. And when you look at even the Texas A&M game with the the girth that we've talked about that they have on their interior defensive line, the playmaker that they have at linebacker, uh, his name escapes me at the moment. Is it Edron Cooper? Yes. Yeah, him uh, who Milton knocked out of that game late. There's no reason that Tennessee should struggle to find – Mid twenties, low thirties, in my eyes. But anything can happen. That's that's been the case. Tennessee has been, you know, not great on the road. And and like I talked about a minute ago, the the environment shouldn't be the issue that it has been at, in other areas. But I mean, simple things have become very hard on the road at times. So you can't allow yeah. that to be the case. To me, you've got to you've got to run you've got to continue to run Joe, or at least make him a threat to do that. And I think I'm talking about. You know, oh, my, my first two options are covered. Let me get out of here. Top yeah. Uh yeah. Not just designed, okay, quarterback power left, right? Speed option left and right. Not those same old things that we've done with him. But, you know, when, when they think, when they're defending a pass, he's escaping, breaking contain, and and lowering the boom on somebody at the line of, at the, at the line of the game. Excuse me. For sure, and let's 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 get a tush push in there for crying out loud. I mean, why why have we not? Been- yeah, one of these days. Yeah, one of these days. One of these days. I'm with you, man. Um, 
I want to see the pass rush return. Uh, it's time. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily come off the edge that's been the issue. I think it's been the interior push, uh, the lack of production out of Amari and Omar Norman Lott. Man, I about jacked that up real bad. Um, that would not have been safe for YouTube. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's got that's going to have to um, make its return. We're going to have to get some push, and I think that's where the that's where we've seen um, the the lack of production in, in the sacks on the numbers because Pierce's. Gone two games now, maybe even three without a sack at this point. Yeah. So it's not that the I, I don't think the edge. Not blaming the edge defenders. I'm, I'm going to put some 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 fault there on the interior front and ask for more out of those guys. And if we can do that, I continue to like uh, the odds for us. Yeah. Uh, of note, real quick, just since we're on that topic, uh, Missouri has allowed 16 sacks. Uh, on their quarterbacks, I'm not going to say just Brady Cook because I don't know that that's the case. Uh, they've allowed just 16 sacks on the year uh, in terms of their offensive line and protection. Tennessee is still holding tough at 15, so that's a very even battle so far. And I just think you know you can't you can't lose that battle significantly by any means. Milton's done a pretty good job lately of his awareness being on point, getting rid of it if he needs to. I mean, he's been super safe with the ball. So you got to continue to do that. You 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 can't put the ball in risk with this secondary. I will say they are really dynamic. Saw some of the plays they made against Georgia's, uh, you know, pass catchers, and you know you can't put it at risk, especially in this game, especially on the road. Yeah, no. That secondary no. is one of the better units that that we'll probably have faced. It's just will we have time to to abuse them potentially? Yeah, I'm with you. I will say this: Brady Cook, he makes me nervous. He makes me nervous. He makes me real nervous. Uh, he's he's playing really good ball right now. So, all right, let's get into preview and prediction. Are we ready for this? I think so. Okay, all right. Before we do this, let me tell you about our friends over at North Forsyth Training and Fitness. Fitness, that's not a word. Fitness, proud sponsor of the Pandemonium Reigns podcast. Located at 4015 Browns Bridge Road in the coming area, right across the street from Browns Bridge Church, if you're familiar with that. If you're looking to change your life physically or just find a new gym, let me tell you, NFTF is the place for you. I'm a member there. I go there every day, well, six days a week. Same difference. It feels like seven sometimes. Listen, uh, head coach and owner Jesse Foster, he, man, he's got all the credentials. He's got all the experience to help you get where you want to go, and he's going to modify his programming to you, no matter your age, no matter your uh, your comfort levels, where you're at in your fitness uh, fitness world. They got morning classes, afternoon classes. Uh, it's a community driven gym, um, so you've you got people to uh, reach goals together with. If that's the proper way of saying things, listen. Right now, as soon as you, after you hit like and subscribe on this podcast, give Jesse Foster a call right after this. 706-633-6609. Jesse Foster, 706-633-6609 over at North for Scythe Training and Fitness and tell them the boys at Pandemonium Reigns sent you. Let's get into preview, or I guess the prediction. I always say preview and prediction. We just previewed it. Let's let's predict it now. Again, ESPN, 60.6 in favor of the Vols. The line has moved from Mizzou minus one and a half to now Tennessee minus one over under is set at 58 and a half. Pharaoh Field holds 62,621 people, just in case you're curious. Michael Walker, tickle my ears. 
how many of those 62,600 sit on rocks instead of bleachers? Okay, getting <laughs> past that. Uh, I think I think there's issues for Missouri in this game, like there are issues for Tennessee, You know, such as the receivers on the outside, the things that we've mentioned. I think Tennessee, if 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 it's on point in this game, this is going to be one of the two third at worst best pass rushes that they face this year. Mm. We've talked about what Georgia has lost in that department. You said worst. Um, uh, at worst, I think at the worst. second or third toughest that they've played. Okay, yes, thank okay. you. No, thank you. I'm not not sure how that came out on my end uh, because we like I said we've talked about Georgia. Now they're so they're so stiff from front to back still defensively, even though they have taken a step more towards normal, towards more average defenses in the SEC. Uh, they're not the the absolute great wall of, of Athens that they have been the last few years. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be one of the best pass rushes that they faced if things are working for Tennessee. I think that presents problems for Missouri. I think the Vols win this game 37-27. 37-27 in favor of the Vols. And you're going to feel good if that's the conclusion? You're going to feel good about that win? At, ultimately, in this game, I don't feel like I probably felt, I'm going to say, against Kentucky, South Carolina, it, and it worked out this way against Texas A&M where I was hoping for a little bit more at times. Win by a point, I don't care. Because of the way they're playing right now, I don't care if you win 3-2. to two. Get out of Missouri with a win. Get out of there with a win and be and be That's, nine and three at the end of the end of the year for sure. That is the difference in you being able to pursue ten wins. Yeah, is what that is, and I need Agreed. that. Agreed. All right, so here's how I think this is going to unfold. I think that we're going to be able to create pressure. I don't think that we will cover burden all that well, but I think some of that will be subsidized a little bit by the pressure that is on Brady Cook, and I think that he's still going to get his. I oh, yeah. I can very much see Brady Cook throwing for three hundred. Okay. Um, I can see Burden getting his. I can see Theo Weiss. Why do I feel like it's the, it's the wrong pr- pronunciation? The dude, I can see him getting his. Um, however, let me word it this way. <clears throat> maybe a lot of starter for starter comparisons, m- maybe in a lot of positions, they're better. Maybe. I mean, quarterback, arguably, Cook is better than Milton. There's going to be a case there. Uh, Schrader's pretty dang legit. I would argue that the receiving room right now is is better because they're producing more, right? Um, but overall, I think we're deeper. I think we're deeper. And I think that is going to be indicative of the outcome. I think you're going to see a 27 to like 17 lead for the longest time in our favor. And Mizzou gets a, gets a score you know, top of the fourth, maybe late in the fourth to make it 27-24. I think that's going to be your final, 27-24. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to care because it's going to put us in position for 9-3 and three unless you just absolutely wet the bed like 2016 Butch Jones um, in, in Nashville uh, with the sugar ball on the line. Oh, and I just ruined all the days for Tennessee fans. Um. Unless you just totally wet the bed against Vanderbilt, you're you're, you're staring at nine and three. Um, you want to go into Georgia to the Georgia game with a win, uh, and I think that's another factor as well. How well does Missouri get up off the floor? I mean, that's a that's a bit of a heartbreaking loss for them. I I think I think Mizzou showed us that they can play with Georgia. 
that they can. Yeah. I mean, they they had as we as we talked about in the recap that you know they were a player two away, and it was those player two play plays or two away were costly picks that really changed the scenario for them. And that's what worries me about Mizzou because they can play with Georgia. Um, but how well do they get up off that? You have to like the odds that it's <clears throat> that it's in Columbia for them. Uh, but in our favor, we're basically coming off a bye week, playing with a lot of confidence, ran up the score on a UConn who was – say what you want to about UConn, but they were running their mouth supposedly, You're talking a bunch of trash and – uh, regardless of who it was, that's just going to put some um, some 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 steam or some wind in your sails. Um, so I think that's going to play a factor as well. I don't think it'll be pretty. I don't think it'll be pretty. Uh, but a win will be a win will be a win. Give me the Vols 27-24. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, and that's that's two sneaky factors really. Uh, one being that you know we've we've talked for years about Alabama beating you twice because of how big, strong, fast, yeah. the way they beat you down, uh, in addition to the the nature of their team. Georgia's kind of clearly in that place now in terms of the the guys that they have top to bottom. Uh, they didn't beat them down, but they did kind of just snatch their souls because it was kind of like Missouri's best shot was was only good for a nine-point loss. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a sneaky factor. Yep. Tennessee has is on a three, Kentucky, UConn, two-game winning streak, uh, excuse yeah. me. Uh, I think that helps. Every little bit of that helps. And in a, in addition, you're playing this game in November in Columbia, Missouri, and the weather forecast is 50s and 60s, dude. It's yeah, not going to be a warm front. Yes. Yeah, it's not going to be in the teens. It's not going to be snowing in the middle of the day um, in Columbia, That's Missouri. That's definitely in our favor. Yes, that is 100 percent in our favor. And we've talked for a long time about that probably not being in Florida's favor when they go up there the next week. Yeah, uh, but here we are, and, and Tennessee's getting the benefit of that. Um, you know, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day for for some football. It's an earlier game, closer to the time of the day in which Tennessee normally practices. Uh, when they're gearing up for this, you know, the season and, and week to week, I think that benefits us. It's not a night game on the road like we've exclusively played almost, and you know, with the exception of Alabama and a few here and there. So I uh-huh. think these are all minor sneaky details that 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 might provide some hidden points for Tennessee. Uh, you know, in ways that we may or may not see on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Hey, great points right there, man. Um, anything else? Otherwise, we'll shut it down. Man, I think that's. I think that's it. Awesome. It should be. It, it should be a great game. It. It should. It should. By the. Uh, I'm just hopeful by the end of it, the orange is on top. So. Amen, brother. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It would do us so much love. That's a that's a fragment. We'd appreciate it really much if you push like and subscribe. I'm just gonna keep it simple, man. Push the button right now in this moment. Push the push the like. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're letting us currently tickle thine ears. Thank you so much to our sponsor, uh, North Forsyth Training and Fitness. If you're in this area, make sure you give uh, Jesse Foster a call. Here's to the balls coming out of this game, eight and two. We love you guys. God bless. Go balls. Yep.